Right, okay. You can select a black screen rather than a white one. Right. Um, I've really, yeah, well, the thing is, um, oh, um, we're in the podcast. I haven't even, I haven't even done the right. intros. <laughs> Let's kick it off then, man. All right, all right. Um, and welcome to the Pagey Train. Uh, today I have in the studio with me Mark Zimmerman, producer, actor, writer. Yes. Welcome to the show. And director. And director. Yeah, well, I left director yeah. out. No, it's all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it wasn't on your IMDb. <laughs> wasn't it? Oh, okay. That's what I'm there is, there is a... They can't get, can you really change it at all? Well, yeah. So, oh, I wonder yeah, what... I wonder I why they, everything's being updated and then they don't tell us until we actually go on the website. Mm. And there it is, so... Yeah, well, they've updated IMDb, mm-hmm. um, they've updated Facebook, they've updated YouTube. Yeah, okay. Uh, all these platforms have been updated and especially... The thing that um, uh, that annoys me about it... Well, not annoys me, it just... It's frustrating mm. is um, the uh, publisher interfaces all change. Right. So how to um, upload videos changes, how to do your analytics. Yeah, yeah. Because these things are important. You've got to track your audience and yeah. um, measure where your content is effective Yeah, and what markets you're in, um, which is interesting. Like I was doing some research on my own content today mm. um, and I've got, I've got um, listeners everywhere. I really? didn't know. Yeah. Wow, like, okay. It's expanded. Like 90% of my listeners are obviously Australian mm. or in Australia. And uh, yeah, I picked up some Californians today. I've got some there you go. Californian listeners on Spotify. Thank you for you guys. Excellent. Spread yeah. the word. Um, I know you guys are fellow podcasters because I did a bit of Facebook stalking and a bit of Instagram stalking on you guys today. But yep, they were really cool. Uh, I don't think you've a sh- give me a shout out, and I'll give you guys a shout out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we've got some listeners in uh, California, uh, Islands, Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Spotify is doing really well. Right. Um, it, it's hard. Which to market ch- do you prefer, the US market or the European? Oh, um, the US. Yeah, okay. The US, yeah, um, they, they're more interactive. Mm. Um, Australian markets are very... Uh, it depends on what Australian market. Um, when you're doing podcasts, some people will comment here and there. Yeah. Uh, except for your trolls. There's always... Everywhere you go, there's a fucking troll, There's right? a troll, but you find that... <laughs> Every bridge has a goddamn troll. Australia are sheep. We only mm. follow if they're mm. popular, you know? That's so, true, yeah. Yeah. Oh, as a generalisation, they do. Mm, mm. Um, but... Um, I think niche markets, they're yeah. a bit different. So when I'm uh, doing stuff for uh, for cars, for instance, mm-hmm. they remind me very much of a metal, heavy metal uh, audience. Right. Um, generally very interactive online, love posting, posting photos mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at events that they're at. Yeah, yeah. And they listen to content that's related to their interest. Right. So I do find a lot of um, niche markets are cool, but as a generalisation, I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, you get the same thing when you're doing a, a show uh, in Sydney. Yeah. Um, you'll get people just standing at the back. Mm. You've got to sort of coax them. Yeah, coax yeah, them? yeah. Is that yeah. the right word? Coax? Yeah. Um, let them and bring them in. Yeah, let's them in. Let's mm. them in with some um, uh, some music and some words and yeah, try, exactly. and get them, try yeah. and get them in more interactive. Yeah. But I'm finding it's more and more. The, the show's expanding, which is exciting. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'd look, I, I just started the show. Uh, it's a bit of a paradox why I started the show. Mm. I started it out of um, uh, wanting to be a better speaker mm-hmm. and wanting to be a better listener. Yep. Um, and this is perfect because we're locked in. Yeah, exactly. Headphones are on. Yep. We're locked in. There's no yep. escaping yep. each other. We're yep. going to have a conversation for an hour. Exactly. There's no no one interfering with us or interrupting no. us except for the dog down the street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think um, if, if ever my guests all get together and have a party, they're going to go, Ross does not like those dogs. No. <laughs> um, I, I'm a, yeah. Look, I do like dogs. It's just that I don't like my neighbour's dogs. Mm. Well, I don't like... No, let me rephrase that. Okay. 
I like the dogs. I just don't like their owners. No. Um, the way they treat their dogs. Like, you know. Yeah. Yep. If you've got a big dog in a small yard, you've got to walk your dog. Man. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You've, got, you've got this other being that's running around. You've got to take responsibility. You've got to take responsibility. Especially when they're big dogs and it's like, you know, my, my son wants a dog. Mm. Right, but we can't, we don't have time to, you know, walk him and look after him. And plus, we don't have much of a big yard. Mm. So, instead, we've, you know, given him two goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> Very low maintenance. Yeah. So, yeah. he loves it. Mm. Well, my first two pets when I was a kid was um, two goldfish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they had the cutest names, Kaka and Brum Brum. Right. Yeah. Okay. Mine's Noddy and uh, Bumpy. Bumby, that's a good name. Yeah, yeah, it's a good yeah. name for a goldfish. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I had I had a um, a jar of ants, and right. I had one particular ant mm-hmm. was called Rambo. Right. And I took the jar of ants to bed with me, mm-hmm. and the lead came loose, yeah, and Rambo escaped. <laughs> yeah, Rambo and his friends escaped, and they bit me from head to toe. Ouch! Bloody hell! Lesson learned. Yeah, 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 definitely lesson learned. I think I was sunburned at the time. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a good, great combination. Yeah. But let's get right into it, yeah, man. Okay. Okay. So um, you've got some productions coming up. Uh, this year, 2019, that you've been working on, currently working on? Yeah, we've been, um, uh, James James Pinata and yep. I, we've been working on... Uh, big shout out, James. Big shout out, James, yes. He's um, a really good bloke. He is. He's an absolute treasure. Talented you know. guy too. Yeah, he is. He is. He's got a heart of gold too. And when you speak to him about films and projects and everything like that, he just, you can just hear his passion in his voice. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not here for a quick buck or to get famous. He's just loves making films, films, telling stories, yeah, and getting me out there. Uh, so we've been working um, the past couple of years on a few short films and also AK Season 2, which is mm. still in the can, um, thanks to COVID. With yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's sort of postponed. Fucking it. I know. <laughs> it has killed everyone. Mm. Um but it's birthed in a lot of other things as well. Yeah, yeah, it has, um, it has. Online presence has changed, industrial relation to workplaces has changed. Everyone's doing everything online now with Zoom. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we've just been working, we've been, oh, talking about six months to film. Mm. And Atomic Kingdom's a big job. It is. It's a massive job, there's a lot of special effects. Not as big as season one, because he did, he spent two years doing season mm-hmm. one. Yeah. By himself with a bunch of other people. We actually met during, um, while he was in the middle of shooting. Mm. And he casted me. As I, I met him roles. in the middle of shooting. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's, he's met a lot of people. Um, and, uh, yeah, unfortunately, the first season burned him out for a bit. Mm. And then um, then he had to have had a bit of time out because he had personal reasons as well. Mm. And then he came back. And then I've been, I've been trying to get to work with him for quite some time. So mm. I'm constantly messaging him saying, hey, I've got a project that I want to work with. And, and then, um, yeah, finally in 2018, mm-hmm. I was doing a short film called Charlotte's Requiem. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I needed someone. This is to a help short? Me. Yeah, short, short film. film. Yep. Um, some, uh, so I needed a producer to help me get it up and running because mm-hmm. I was going to do it by myself. Mm-hmm. And I was constantly concentrating on getting James involved. Mm-hmm. And then James says, Oh, look, I'm a bit too busy. I can't do it. But I'll um, introduce you to Lily Chen. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Lily Chen. Big shout out. Um, so, yeah, she was basically the driving force of getting it made so mm. she introduced me to all the other people and yeah so that sort of exploded done. from there yeah and james finally came on board mm-hmm. and he said look i've got um, Penigma pictures logo and production company that i want to restart and mm-hmm. 
put AK2 and other productions as well. Mm-hmm. And I would love Charlotte's Requiem to be the first one to have the logo. So yeah, wow. Is, yeah. Um, Pointing end of the stick. It is. It is. Yeah. Okay. So we got that made, and that's won. Uh, it's won a couple of couple of awards, and it's been nominated as well. Mm-hmm. But during that time as well, he said, "I want to get back into directing as well, mm. but I want to direct someone else's." Uh, yeah, it's a script. different beast. It's it a different is. beast when you it direct is. other people's work. It is. And I haven't. I've yet to experience that, but I'll, hopefully I will one day. Totally um, recommend it. Yeah. It, yeah. it will broaden your horizons. It does. It does yeah. because you're. Especially when you've been writing on it, writing it for years and years and years, and then you finally, it comes to the day where you're directing it, you're very close to it, so mm. you've got a certain way how you want it to look. Yeah, you've got to, you're a little bit shielded by your own creativity you there. Yeah, yeah. So Don't get me wrong, that's a good thing. It is, yeah. yeah but but when, you're, yeah. when you're working on someone else's script, you're thinking, okay, am I doing it justice to his words and his writing and his vision? Yeah, you're very naked. Yeah, you are. You're you very are. vulnerable when you're working you on other uh, people's work. Yeah, I, I found that... Um, a lot of uh, a lot of directors who I've met during the time say just if you're going to direct someone else's screenplay, don't let them on set mm. because they are going to really look down on you and go, "Hang on, that's not what I wrote. You're changing it." Mm. You know, and it's, it makes things a lot awkward. Mm-hmm. So, I wrote a script years ago called Wall, which mm-hmm. I rewrote and rewrote and rewrote, and I gave it to um, James to uh, read. He loved it, and he um, he went on to direct it pretty much straight after we did Charlotte's and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's won a few awards and been nominated as well. He yeah. won an award for Best Editor. Oh, really? Something that he never thought he would actually win an award for. <laughs> <laughs> well, no one ever so, thinks they're going to win an award. No, no, not at all. They don't, they don't think that. Like, um, uh, there's a, a thing I come across in Made in the West all the time. Mm. People always have this deer in the headlights when they win. They're like, oh, I just can't believe I've won. Like, yeah, exactly. You yeah. Know, um, yeah. Uh, but are we going to get any, any of these films for Made in the West? Uh, no, because they're not long enough. They're not short enough, sorry. Yeah, oh, they're, 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 they're exceeding yeah, 15 minutes. Yeah, I spoke to you uh, a couple of years ago, and they're about 26 minutes. <laughs> yeah, no, too long. <laughs> and you said, not too long, so that'd be 15 minutes. So I've got to learn to actually make a short, short film. Mm. Yeah. So. Well, um, a tip for the wise, mm-hmm. um, seven minutes is the ultimate uh, duration. Really? For any film festival. Right. As someone who curate, curates film mm-hmm. for um, um, cinema presentations, yeah. seven minutes is great. Right. Because if you make a 15-minute film, it's got to be a knockout oh, for exactly. someone to select it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong, that doesn't mean you shouldn't be challenged to do a 15-minute film. Mm. But if you want to put in multiple festivals and get multiple screenings, yeah. and if you're a curator that mm. has... Um, and, and, and different film festivals work different ways. Either which they got different terminology for it. Finalist, selected... Yeah, yeah, semi-finalist and... Screened, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. If you want to get screened... Right, regardless of trying to win something, seven minutes is really great because yeah. if you had one film that was it was pretty good at fifteen minutes, but hmm. you've also got two seven minute films that are also pretty good. It's challenging as an artist. But you're gonna put those two seven minute films on. Right, yeah. It's just a natural yeah, mathematical yeah, yeah, decision exactly. to make. Uh, for a multiple of reasons. Uh, it, it, for festivals it's hard to get people um, to a festival. Mm. It's hard to get bums on seats. Mm. So you'll have different audiences uh, audiences within the audience so a filmmaker they'll have their friends yep the crew yep the crew's family mm-hmm. the actors the actors family yes and then what you want to try and do is get that third fourth layer of the unknowns just to your festival and that's your yeah, advertising yeah. right yeah yeah exactly so if you've got a choice of getting 15 people to a festival because mm-hmm. they've got a 15 minute film or 30 people yeah you're going to pick the 30 people mm. it's just a mathematical decision yeah exactly with that said though if you've got a 15 minute knockout that just goes this is fucking ridiculously awesome yeah you're yeah. going to select it yeah and that does happen 
Yeah. That really does. But I recommend for short films, mm. seven minutes is the sweet spot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I recommend it. Because the last thing you want to do is lose... Everyone has an attention span to a certain point, mm. you know. So, yeah, I mean, Charlotte's Recommend was a very passionate project for me. Mm. I've, I wrote that years and years and years ago, and then I got rear-ended by some wannabe producers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is, that, that's, is that a nice way to put it? <laughs> well, basically, okay, about 10 or so years ago, I was, make, I was um, making a short film. Mm. Okay, it would have been like just under 15 minutes. So I gave it to this uh, producer who was wanting to make new content, meet mm. new um, directors and people like that. So I said, okay, cool, I'll go this week. Yeah, a little bit on the scene, that's, a, yeah, that's yeah, attractive. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, so someone new, someone's fresh, someone who has that drive, that passion mm. to promote. So... Um, yeah, we were talking on and off, on and off, on and off, and um, one day, about a week out from shooting, I contacted him, I said, oh, can we have a meeting just so we can talk about what you know, what we've got? Yeah, what's the vision? Yeah, what's the logistics? Yeah, so it's a week out, so let's make sure everything's on the table, everything's ready to go. I'm walking to the train station, I'm giving him a phone call, mm. just to make sure that we're going to meet on day view. And it went, this phone number is no longer connected, blah, blah, blah. Went, Fuck. Yeah, I went, <laughs> hang on, what? So I, <laughs> so I redid it again, re- redialed, and same thing again. Yeah, it's, I was like, yeah. okie dokie, emailed him, email b- bounced back. Wow, the email bounced back. Yeah, so basically... What the he's... fuck's going on with this story, I, man? Where are you I, going with this? I don't want to name names. I shouldn't be naming names. No, don't names. name names. No, no, don't no, name no. names. But basically... But what the fuck's happened in here? Yeah, this guy was basically... He could sell you know, snow to the Eskimos. He was really selling me on... Sales, I can okay. get Yeah, I can get this done for you, blah, 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 blah. Later found out he's in real estate. Mm-hmm. So that's where he was going to get the financing for the film. Strange place to get that. Yeah. So me being young and vulnerable, so I, I you know, I kind of fell for it. And then everything just... It was like he, he went AWOL. So I rang up my first AD and I said, okay, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. I know it's a week out, but I'm going to have to just can it, postpone it. Mm. And she says, no, nah, you've come this far. Fuck it. What's we're yeah. we're going to get this done. That's a fucking good, that's a good AD right there. I'm like, sweet. Because I've been working hard on this, right? Getting everyone together. That's how you get being your the Whoever they say AD is, my fucking hat off to yeah, you. Exactly. Good on you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... <laughs> Basically, um, yeah, I was just so really disheartened, but she just picked me up. Mm. So I, I rang everyone and said, look, this is what's happening, blah, blah, blah. Let's just shoot. And I said, yep, okay, let's go and do it. Unfortunately, it never ha- um, it, we shot it, but... Never got to see the light of day? No, because we had a few disasters, and we shot it in an apartment at the... Um, is it Southwest Road near Bondi? Oh, yeah. 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 We shot a real crucial scene mm. at 3.30 in the afternoon. Mm. So all we're hearing is traffic, peak hour traffic. Oh mate, that's why you got to contact and we're me. Like, fuck, man, I'm a foley artist. <laughs> I'll redesign yeah, your entire yeah. soundscape. Oh look, um, sound. I love ha- doing it. Sound has been my, yeah, has been my. I say know, to people, it's the silent killer. It is. It is. Sound is the silent killer. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of repair jobs for a lot of films. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's all to do with foley. And I build soundscapes for people, Excellent. and not to blame—I will blame my own horn over this because mm, yeah, I. No, good, good. If you put—if you take a scene that you've shot in uh, with realistic sound mm. in a in a scene, right? Um, I will. If you had a sound that was, um, if you had a scene that was disrupted by rain, traffic, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. wind is a real common one. It is, yeah. Um, I'll rebuild that soundscape and yep. I'll make it match the rest of your film. Yep. And yep. you won't know 
that it's okay. ADR. You won't know that it's ADR. You won't know that it's Foley. Right, right, right. That's 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 one of the things that mm. really gets my rocks off. I fucking love doing that. Now, where were you? Where was I? Where was I? Yeah, and because um, no, the same thing happened when I was doing the Stephen King um, Dollar Bay movie mm. rest stop. The first night we were shooting was uh, at the tail end of March, mm. and we had that Arctic cold wind come through, mm. and we shot it at Menangle. You been? Been to the Menangle? Yeah, New man. Yeah. yeah, I love Menangle. You got yeah. the old Menangle markets out there, yeah, and yeah, uh, the yeah. race, uh, the uh, the trots. Is the, it trots, the trots, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, we shot out at the park there, and um, real nice, fresh night, but it was fucking cold, and the wind it was howling, was just howling. Yeah. And I was just listening to my sound guy going, "How's it?" He goes, "Oh, it's good. We can fix it though, but it's it's good." But man, just really, really loud. Man, man, I love so, fixing that yeah. shit. It is one of my biggest passions is mm. fixing stuff like that um, because it happens. It's unavoidable. If you, yeah, you, yeah. Um, Generally, if you've got multiple locations in a film, mm. you're going to have some sound disruption. It's oh, unavoidable. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'll even put the wind back in. Yeah. Like once I've built okay, the voices, okay. once I've built the ADR, yeah, yeah. and once I've built the um, the soundscape, mm. I'll put the wind back in because people's hair is probably blowing around. Yeah, yeah, everything. I'll make it match, man. Everything. I love doing yeah, it. Yeah. Um, there's a few, that, like, I, I must say, there's been a few people that entered Bay in the West and they, they ring me up and they go, man, I want to enter Bay in the West, but I've got this one scene that's buggered. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. send it to me and I'll repair it for you. And it's always sound. It's always sound. It's always sound. When someone says, it's great, visually, lighting, fantastic, but... Mm. Oh, sound. From my perspective, yeah. it's 80, 80% of the time it's sound. Mm. Yeah. Um, 20% of the time it's an edit error. So there's some editing errors. Mm, mm. So um, that's the other thing um, people hand me is like, man, I've, I've got this thing and I've built the scene one and scene three, but scene two yeah. is falling apart. I'm like, well, send it to me. Let me see what I can do. Okay. Um, I, I, that's just one of my things that I do. Mm. Um, I, and I really enjoy it. Uh, it because it just comes from... I don't know. Doing Foley is like reacting the film. Yeah. Right? So if you, you know, take this beer and you put it down on the table, yep. I'll recreate that. Make if it. there's wind blowing through here, I'll yep. make it real. Yep. And, but I like, because um, what I'll do is I'll uh, um, take a scene mm-hmm. and then I'll write out all of the sounds that I see. Yep. And when I show people the sounds that I see, they go, how did you see that sound? I'm like, because that's the sound that keys make. Yeah. That's the sound of, uh, he's wearing rubber shoes. Yeah. On a wooden surface. They would sound like this. Okay. So I build it right. I'm very meticulous about it. You've brought it up and you've really... Well, no, well, being a musician, you'd you'd have to have good ears. Yeah, totally. Specifically, you know. Um, So for me, when I was editing Charlotte's, I was very particular about what I was looking at. Mm. Sound was just later in post. Mm. So if there was ever a continuity error or something that just didn't match, it was like I was really hounding my editor about it. Mm. So, yeah. Well, here's the strange thing with continuity, though. Mm. Um, I've got this saying. Uh, big shout out to a, a very close friend of mine, uh, Quinton. He used to say to me, uh, one of the first few films that I made, because uh, I'd go, well, the beer is up to here and we need to refill it because we just did the scene and we need to do yeah, a take yeah, two, yeah, we need yeah. to refill the beer. Yep. And he said to me, Ross, I know you've been really meticulous, but continuity is for pussies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, okay. And then, um, because then he, what he did was he illuminated the idea of, yeah, you need to have continuity. If someone walks through a room, you can't have them walk out 
the wrong side and you know we're, yeah we're yeah, breaking the rules yeah. of physics yeah but when you're looking at it how how deep a cigarette was smoked or oh, yeah. how full a drink was or you know these sort of things i i, I tend to let those things slide because mm. no one notices do you notice with um sitcoms mm. whenever they're at a cafe and they're drinking bottles of water they're room temperature mm. because of condensation yeah totally everything like that so they, they've got to drink it you know room temperature yeah, well, there's, so, all, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's all kinds of weird things that mm. they do. Um, do you know how you do ice cream in film? Yeah. Uh, mashed potato. There you go. It's mashed right. potato room temperature. Interesting, yeah. So, yeah, yeah um, you actors, I don't, I don't, I do not, uh, <laughs> and, I, and I mean that in a derogatory term, you goddamn mm. actors. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how you do it. Um, yeah. We make you drink tea when it should be scotch. I know, um, I know. You know, and I'm like, oh, actually. Actually, funny story. <laughs> uh, oh, when was it? Back in 2004, mm. um, I did a short film. It's on Vimeo. Most of my short films are on Vimeo. Um, you have sent me a lot of clips. I have. I just wanted you to have a look. Yeah. It was called... Uh, you, you murdered me. You <laughs> murdered me with... Here's like, my work. Watch it. <laughs> it was just raining Mark clips for a day. Like, uh, I've got it, Mark. I've got it. I, I never... I, <laughs> the thing about me is I always second guess myself, so I never sort of promote myself. That's what I was getting out of because that. Because yeah. what I do is I just write. I'm just the silent type. I write. I direct mm. and I just stay in the background. Mm. I let my work do the talking. Mm. Whereas there's a lot of people who have got a great gift of the gab. Mm. They can talk shit. Yeah. But the content's crap. <laughs> um, yeah, no, there's good salesmen out yeah, there. There's uh, good salesmen. Because I've seen independent uh, Australian films mm. from guys who can just talk the shit. They give them money and the content's like, huh? Yeah, I've, I've, I've looked at this a lot. Yeah. But I think a, there's more... It's, in, it's, dis, it's a disheartening. Yeah, but I think there's more to it, Mark. Yeah, I, I think know, there's yeah, more to it. That yeah. Like, you know, um, uh, someone's uncle um, owns this company and yeah, they want to promote it. Yeah, it yeah. And they got a nice little tax write-off and little little Billy mm. is going to make this film. Yeah. And you see it happen, right? Yeah. But there's other ones... Oh, the other At uh, the other end of the spectrum, like, um, you know, you've got um, uh, Jace Picard or um, Tom mm. Danger's out mm. there, mm. right? They're making films because they, like, fucking love making movies. Yeah, yeah. Now, the guys that are doing Wormwood, right? They, oh they, they fucking God, I'm love... I'm so glad they're doing the second one. Yeah, man. It's they, about time. They fucking yeah. love doing it, right? Mm-hmm. It's not... It, it, it comes from a place of artistic merit. Something, you know, where it has a voice. Yeah. Like, um, man, like even like even being in a garage band or running a small little podcast. You've got to have the heart for it. You've you got to have the heart yeah, for it. heart, energy, and the passion. That's yeah. That's what drives it, yeah. Don't really care where it goes. Yeah. yeah. I have to do this. Yeah. <laughs> you have to do it, otherwise you'll die trying. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, going back to my story before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thinking, right? <laughs> you, you managed to... You, you segued back. You did a good job. Yeah, I'm good at that. <laughs> So anyway, uh, we're shooting Gentle Kind of Madness. I was 24 at the time. Mm. Um, I'm 40 now, believe it or not. So uh, the scene is... You've got a year on me. Do I? Oh, God. Oh, no, yeah. a month, actually. I'm 40 next month. Right, right. I've actually, I have to look at my watch got to gray, figure out where it I'm is. I'm starting to get grey hairs around here. Yeah. So anyway. It's regal. It's, it's you, regal. You've got to love it, though. Yeah. yeah Chicks dig it, man. I know. They dig it. <laughs> so the, dudes dig it. It is, it is. <laughs> so basically the story is the, uh, this woman finds out that he, her husband's cheating on her. Yeah. So she decides to confront him. Mm-hmm. And we don't realise that she's actually kidnapped the mistress. And mm-hmm. they have this altercation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So basically it opens up with her at the table. And it's on the anniversary night. So mm-hmm. she's at the table. She's got dinner prepared. And she's there drinking wine, slowly drinking, just prepping the whole entire scowling. night. Scowling. Yeah, scowling. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have Robina, so I gave a real... Oh, you gave her wine? Real bottle of red wine. Yeah, that's wine. how you fucking do it. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck tea. Give him scotch. So, it's... Um, the actress is Kim Jackson. 
So, she, yeah, she's gone on to LA and doing some good stuff there. Mm-hmm. So, Kim, if you're watching, hello. Yeah, man, maybe you're one of my Californian uh, watchers. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, she drank the entire bottle. Mm-hmm. And then she slept it off on the couch. Oh, she would have been legless after that. Oh, but the performance. Nailed it. So an hour or so later, she just still was feeling a bit groggy, but she had the energy and she it just fucking nailed it. She yeah. just nailed that role. Yeah, so. no, sometimes you've got to go that way. Yeah, you do. A bit of method acting doesn't go. A bit of method go, acting yeah. doesn't go, doesn't yeah. go astray. Mm. Um, I've had um, a big shout out to Quentin again, big method actor man. Mm-hmm. I... Uh, yeah, he's a guy that really um, broadened my horizons. Like, um, And there's been other actors that I've interacted with as well where they... Because as a director, you look at story, you look at visual language. Yes. And then um, as you start to mature as a director, you realise, well, I need to give these actors um, an anchor point. Mm. Like, you know, uh, and it, 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 to be cliche, you yeah. go, yeah. what's my motivation? All right, that's a that's a, a simplistic it's a way. It's a cliched line that actors always ask, direct, ask directors all the time. Yeah, they need to motivation. know. Yeah. Well, the worst thing you can say as a director, um, one more time with feeling, but it's <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing that's you can say. That's a cliched answer. Yeah. That's a terrible thing to say. Or you can go Hitchcock's way and say your paycheck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to give them a reference yeah. point. Give them a reference yeah, point, exactly. something that they can reference in their life. Mm. Where you say, well, look, um, you came from a um, a family that didn't care about you, mm. and and you needed to earn your father's love yeah. no matter what. Mm. And I need you to bring that um, disdain into your tone when you're saying these things because you're so driven yeah, to yeah. impress people. Yeah. If you give an actor something like that, they will work with it. Mm. You need to give them context yeah. and depth. Mm. Um, that's they, as, a, as a maturing director, that's what I'm, I've um, really started to learn. Because yeah. you can get taught this at film school or whatever, but until you start mm. doing it, you don't really get it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You can, you can understand mise en scene. You can stand on mise en abim. Um, mm. You can understand the the picture within the picture within the picture. Yeah, exactly. But until you start interacting with actors and crew, yeah, it's hard to formulate a vision. And that's the thing that gets me excited as a director. Yeah, I love yeah. doing that. Yeah, yeah. It it it, blow, it blows my hair right back, my grey hair way back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, the way I direct us, I you know we, we we rehearse and we go through it, but I also want to see what they can bring to the table as well. They got they got terminologies for this. Yeah, yeah. So show me what you've got. Show me what you've worked with. Mm. And if I like it, fantastic. If I don't. Mm. We'll try it a different way. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's one actress who I've worked with continuously, Sontine Hobson, if you're out there. Shout out to her. She She's amazing. She just brings everything to the table. Mm. She's prepared. She learns the lines and she, you know. Does the homework. She does, yeah. I hate yeah. when someone doesn't do the homework. Yeah, I know. Pisses me off. Yeah. I've learned the lines. What else do you want? <laughs> yeah, I need, I need you to perform. Um, <laughs> that's because you're a performer. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, no, but you're working on a film with um, uh, Victoria. Um, yeah, we did Rest Stop. Yeah, Rest Stop. We did re- the Stephen King one. She did. We did Rest Stop. Mm. Um, Big shout out to uh, Victoria. Victoria. Yep, yep. Uh, she she's also doing a Ferrara. Ferrara. Victoria Ferrara. Ferrara. Not Ferrari. Ferrara. Yeah, uh, she's she's done a special guest spot on AK two as well. Mm. Um, but no, with I, I gave her a short script, um, a horror short script uh, last year, and we've been talking about it. And then I decided to sort of kind of you know stay away from the short film side of things, and mm-hmm. I've branched it out to a feature film. Mm. So I haven't yet fe- uh, finished the script as yet, mm-hmm. um, but it's something we're talking about, and hopefully next year we can uh, start working on that. Mm. But uh, yeah. 
but James and I, we're basically trying to build Penigma Pictures as more of a um, big production, not big, but more of a production company. A growing where, company. A growing company, yes. Yeah. So that's, that's a good way to do it. Good yeah. way to do it, yes. Yeah. So he, we, we're not trying to focus on so much on AK, but we've got short films that we've just already made, mm. and we've got two films that we're working on that's in the pipeline that's so we've good, got a we've got a good. short he, he wants good. to yeah he wants to work on a short horror script mm. so that one that i was talking about that we had that problems with mm. with the producer pissing off uh we're going to remake that i wonder what happened to that guy oh who knows <laughs> um so we're going to he's in barbados homeless on the beach yes hopefully <laughs> So we're going to, uh, yeah, so we're going to rewrite that and we've also got a feature script that I wrote years ago and we're going to work on that as well. He absolutely mm. loves it. Um, very John Carpenterist. Okay. So I love John Carpenter. Yeah, so totally. Heavily inspired by his work. Um, yeah, I think a lot of us have, um, especially in our age bracket, mm. um, you know, um, films from the 80s and... Yeah, yeah. Uh, What was it, John Carpenter? Wasn't that um, The Thing? The Thing, yeah. Escape from New York. Escape from New York. Um, Halloween, God. of course. Halloween, um, yeah. The Fog. Yeah, I think um, Prince of Darkness is my personal favourite that no one really likes. Really? Yeah. yeah I haven't seen one. this one. Yeah, it's a good film. It's uh, it's it, it's was shot just after Big Trouble in Little China. Fucking love that movie that as well. Is a great film, and they're trying to remake it with The Rock. Uh, and John Car- see John Carpenter was questioned they're not about- doing Big Trouble in Little China again are they yeah but it's kind of like making Back to the Future again it's just I know it's not going to work yeah but, but Dwayne Johnson is saying it's not an actual pre- um, uh, remake. remake it's a sequel proper sequel a sequel that could be better yeah but it's a remake yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> pinpoint it uh, but John Carpenter was, was questioned about remakes in general especially mm. with his films and he's become a bitter old man these days where well, he's he's like he just says look if someone's going to remake my movie i just hold on my hand and i'll just take the check mm. you know well they redid the thing they did the prequel, prequel to the thing yes the prequel to the thing was pretty good oh, yeah yeah i didn't mind that yeah um when i was watching it, i'm like because i actually um I clicked on it mm. and watched it going oh it's the thing yeah yeah and i'm like this is not the thing no <laughs> Where's the dog? <laughs> yeah, and then you and then you and then watch it, it, you get to the oh, end, you're yeah, like, "There we go." Oh right. man, that's a pretty good movie. That was mm. a pretty good movie. Mm. Um, so it can be done well. The Fog remake was shit. Mm. I haven't seen the Fog remake. Yeah, that stars uh, what's his name? The guy who did was in Smallville. I think it was guys in Smallville. Superman Smallville. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Tom something. He was yeah. in it. Yeah, yeah. Old mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, he, he basically gave Rob Zombie his blessing to do uh, Halloween. Mm. Did you like it? Um, yes I no. I'm on the fence. I'm a huge Rob Zombie fan. Because I'm a Rob Zombie fan. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. uh, wow. Yeah. Um, uh, no, I'm a Rob Zombie fan. I'm, I'm a fan of his music, fan of some of his films. Um, there's some films that people didn't like that I like. 31? Um, no, I was more of a... 31 was very... Yeah, yeah. Um, but the Devil's Rejects. Like, you can't, you can't beat that. You cannot beat it. I know. It is just... one of the best horror films of all because they they get you to be sympathetic to a serial killer family. I know. Like it is really good. Exactly. Exactly. And it has the best ending that I've ever seen in a fucking movie. Because mm. mm. um, they got um, uh, Freebird. Exactly. Shootout yes. scene. Yes. Where they're all hanging out of them with this like, Cadillac, I think it is. 
what would have been a Cadillac or a uh, um, uh, yeah, I think it Impala. Was, yeah. Yeah, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's a convertible. Mm. And they've got like proper guns. None of this like prop gun shit. No, they've got no, like no, proper long. guns. Yeah, yeah. And not just like, not, not like severe gun porn. Mm. Just your standard dick size gun porn. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, like some nice 38s and that nice shotgun <laughs> and... Oh my god, that fucking movie, man! I've it's, watched that a lot. It is so full on in your face, and the whole seventies vibe is right there. Nailed he's, it. He's he's a massive seventies fan. Every single film that he makes, there is some element of seventies that era. Well, when music I, wise as well. Well, when I watch Halloween, that has elements of um, the Killers' re- um, sorry, um, um, uh, the Devil's Rejects. Yeah, yeah. It has elements of the way it's shot and the way the story's told. It has yeah. small little nuances in there, and that's why I like it. Mm. He doesn't hold back on the violence either. No. Especially with the sequel. No. That uh, was full on. It's, yeah, it's very full yeah, on. Um, yeah. But I like the um, uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, that was very... It's very niche, though. Very, uh, how do you call it, like... Um, like a haunted house, haunted train ride, you know, the um, yeah. ghost, train ghost train had that uh, vibe, the colorist. I don't think they even had a ghost train in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, does, yeah. it, does, it is very good. That's yeah. a good way to describe that film, actually. Yeah. It is very so much it's a very ghost train. theme park type of film. And mm. then you look at Devil's Rejects and it's like, this guy's a serious filmmaker. Yeah, you totally. Know? Yeah. He's taken a lollipop style horror film, like a t- uh, teen scream film, mm. and made it into a real 70s violent in your face. Yeah. You know? Totally, man. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah, I think um, Rob Zombie does a good job. So it's hard. Like, you know, a, he has a lot of critics, though. He, he has a lot of he critics. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people, because the, the horror scene is very much like the metal scene or mm. the car scene. They're very, they're very enclosed. Yeah, yeah. And they don't like change. No. And anything that is adverse to what is traditional, mm. um, that it will bring up to cause. Uh, uh, we were talking before, actually, speaking yep. of which, yep. uh, we're yep. talking about Tool. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm distracted by these imageries, <laughs> and it reminds me of Tool. Mm. Because you've got. Um, uh, what was the album? Uh, 10,000 Days. Yeah. And you had that the album cover with those glasses. So you're looking through the glasses and you get hypnotic patterns. Yeah, it's totally LSD-esque. It's, um, uh, yeah, you're yeah, totally tripping. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's one of those albums you can just sit down, earphone, headphones, listen to it with mm. candles and omniance of light and stuff and just be taken on a journey because mm. that's what Maynard does mm. and the rest of the band uh who's, who's a guitar adam adam i think yeah uh, yeah, yeah um well i'm a vocalist so i concentrate on Maynard but yes. don't get me wrong love love the rest of the band um i i think um even the drummer has like a mathematical degree uh, oh, maybe yeah, a physicist i mean Maynard's a martial artist yeah he's well, a winemaker yeah he's a winemaker he's- and ex-soldier Yes, he's yes. an ex-soldier. That's yep, why I'm yep, like, yep. oh, a vocalist, ex-soldier. Mm, All right, mm. yeah, meet him like this. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, the bands, are, the the, uh, the gigs are hard to get into, especially oh. as soon as the tickets go on sale, they sell out. But I did see him once at Big Day Up. Man, I got to go backstage once with Tool. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, I bribed a security guard, a hundred bucks. Wow. Yeah. All right. So what happened? I just walked past them. That was it. Oh, right. So you didn't meet him. No, 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 okay. never, no, never got to talk to them. Right. But I just walked through, the, I got to walk through the backstage and all the inner workings of the stage mm-hmm. and they were um, uh, leaving um, the gig. Right, right. And I got to, I literally brushed shoulders with them walking past wow. tall. Okay. And it cost me a hundred bucks. Worth it. Yeah, yeah. Awesome it's security like, guard. It's like, where's my phone? <laughs> yeah, oh, it wasn't, it wasn't in the day of phones though. Oh, right, it was, okay. It was, okay. It, yeah, it was so long ago. So, which, which uh, tour was this? Was this, um... This was... Anima? Yeah, this was Anima. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. Yeah, um... But this is the, this is the band that totally changed my fucking life, man. Yeah. yeah. Um... 
like I was talking about, I think um, last podcast actually, um, there's been like um, shows in Sydney that I've gone to that that inspired me to become a musician mm. as a teenager. Mm. But Maynard is someone that's inspired me as a vocal writer. Yeah. Because, man, that shit is poetic mm. and um, hits notes at these weird points that are not normal. They're just not a normal 4-4. Four, four. It's like yeah, they're, yeah. they're a 5-7 timing, right? Mm. And generically. Um, but, um, yeah, uh, looking at their new album, though, fuck, man. Yeah, it was a, worth 13 years. Wait. I think it was. Yeah. I think it was. Um, some of the critics that come out against that were like, well, they're just, they're just doing redoing their old stuff. It's, it's just, right? yeah, they're being repetitive. But I, I say that they're actually um, referencing and paying homage to themselves as a band. And that yeah. for, band, for Tour to get more technical mm. is insane because mm. <laughs> they're more technical. Yeah. It's gotten more technical. Yeah. I think they've, they've matured days. and grown. Yeah, totally. Because... What has happened between the 10,000 years mm. to the new album? You know, what's happened mm. in those 13 years as, like, human, like, how they evolved as Well, I think 10,000 Days was, and was a lot based... Vocally was a lot based on uh, Maynard's mother. Right, yeah. Um, passing away mm. um, and passing away from cancer. And I think uh, when you get to... Um, what was it? Lateralis. Mm. So Lateralis was an album that had no swearing in it at all, which was unconventional at the time. Yeah. yeah. Which is a strange thing, because if you look at the journey of music, like from Guns N' Roses, they were the guys that started swearing on albums. Yep. And then you've got NWA. These are the guys that started swearing on albums. Mm. Um, but then you get to Tool 15 years later. Yeah. They've, they've delivered something that feels like they're swearing, but they're not. It's They're very- angry in a different way, but not. They don't have to scream. Yeah, they let their they, they let their words and their music, you know, take you on a journey and explain to you what you know what they're saying well, they instead use- of swearing. And well, Maynard would use things like words like belligerent as a as a as a as a Who's vocal. A dictionary? Line. What's that word? <laughs> yeah, he use belligerent and yeah. you know they, these kind of um, you know uh, monosyllabic words, if you will. Um, and fit them into into music, and the, yeah, they've always just blown me away. So I think, yeah, totally. Did go on a mescaline trip at one point? Yeah, mescaline, mescaline, and uh, peyote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but look, actually, uh, to sidetrack totally, um, mm. one of the coolest stories I've heard of someone being on mescaline and peyote right. was Sting. Right? Yes. Have you seen that Netflix Netflix yeah. story? Um, uh, uh, psychedelics. Psychedelics. Yeah, um, it was a really good documentary. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah. And um, I was so envious. Oh my god, I was so envious because I'm um, like a hobby astronomer. Mm. So I um, own a couple of telescopes and um, yeah, yeah, do okay. um, astrophotography. Yep. And when I was about six, Halley's comet passed. Wow. And I don't remember it. I just I have a photographic memory, yeah, and yeah, I can't yeah. remember Halley's comet. Mm. There's photographs of me as a child looking at it. Right. Right. But I don't fucking remember, and it annoys me. Jesus. So I need to be eighty two before it passes again really oh god so i watched that documentary right and then in that documentary um sting uh in all of his wisdom and uh financial power decides hey man i'm gonna go to mexico mm-hmm. i'm gonna do some peyote i'm mm. gonna watch Haley's comet pass over i'm like oh man it sounds like an, <laughs> what an awesome fucking experience uh, but, but you know when you're when you're tripping and you're on peyote and you're looking at the sky and it's got to be a clear sky mm. You're probably in the desert hearing, you know, coyotes in the background and it mm. just... What 
I can't explain it, but like, what are you going through? What is your mind going yeah, through? Yeah, where are you at? Where no, where yeah, where are you at in the time of your life mm. to give you a to give you that journey? Because they say yeah. you've, you've, you can't be in a bad mood. Mm. No, I don't recommend you that. You can't be, you know, have had have had recent tragedies or things like that because your brain is the most powerful oh. instrument in your body, and you can just. I've, I've been I've had some tragedies and gone through yeah. uh, gone through that before. Mm. Um, I think. Um, as far as far as depression goes, if you're talking about depression, yeah, 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 yeah. I think um, the good thing about psychedelics and depression, why they work in a measured way. I'm not recommending this, but mm. what I'm saying is, is that when you're depressed, nothing is beautiful. Everything is grey. Mm. You are a victim, and everything is shit. Yeah. When you are, if you're, on, you could look at concrete on shrooms and find it entertaining, I know. and you can find yeah. the beauty in it, yeah. right? Yeah. So. Oh, for someone that's in a heavy bout of depression um, on psychedelics, they can see the beauty in something again. Mm. And that tells their brain, well, it's not so bad. Everything's not so bad as you think it is. Mm. You've gone through trauma. You've gone through this episode that's made you feel this depressed. Mm. But looking at this tree and that sunlight is amazing. Yeah. And you finally see the beauty in something again mm. and i think that's the first step to recovery seeing the beauty in things again yeah, so that's yeah. one thing that is the power of psychedelics in um human management uh a human um uh, mental management but um i think uh the, the first time i was on psychedelics i was looking at the the sky and i was rearranging the stars oh. and i'm like this is fucking insane <laughs> wow. um beyond the kaleidoscope yeah, yeah. um tool album cover which, you know, most people would experience when you're on uh, psychedelics. Mm, yeah. um, looking up at the sky and going, I just moved Sirius over to there and Betelgeist is now over there. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. How am I doing this? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it, one, the one thing I thought about at that moment was uh, the Matrix. Yes. There is no spoon. Really? Yeah, because you can bend a telegraph pole when you're on acid. Right. <laughs> you go. <laughs> you totally can. Yeah. Like, I'll just burn it that way. And it's, it's kind of like this paradox, man, mm. where you, um, I, I think, I, what I say to people on psychedelics is um, one, surround yourself with good people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Company is everything. It doesn't mm. matter what you're doing drinking, um, smoking weed, or Especially whatever. if you're doing it for the first time. Yeah, company's everything. Yeah. Especially yeah. someone who's, who's, like, I've never done it. Mm. But from what I heard is if you're going to do it for the first time, mm. Make sure you're not in anywhere where there's danger, like glass or <laughs> any instruments to fall over. Make sure mm. someone has done it before mm. and they're there to guide you. A guidance is you know, the best way to get through it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I think another good bit of advice for people that have wanted to experiment with such things is have what I would call a yardstick. Have someone there that ain't on it. Right, yeah. Like well, okay. if there's five of you, have one of you that ain't. You need it. someone to tell the story. Yeah, yeah. You need so yeah, yeah, and you need yeah. someone to go. Um, maybe that's no, no. Don't get in the car now. Mm. <laughs> bad move. <Yeah. laughs> that's a bad move. Don't go near those police officers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Come back into the lounge room, or yeah. let's go. Let's go lay on the front yard. Mm. Um, but I'd say the second thing is setting. You've yep. got to have a good setting. Good people, good setting. Mm. Um, I think it's good advice as well if you've gone through a trauma. Maybe it's not a good idea to do it straight away. But with that said, someone that's been through PTSD, and, and, and I've brought people um, through that journey of PTSD, mm -hmm. I would say that um, there's a lot to be said for um, uh, substances that get you outside of yourself to re-establish beauty. 
Yeah. Because that's what, you know, and that's the problem with depression. Nothing is beautiful. No. Everything's ugly. Yeah. Everything is dark. It's, yeah, there's a cloud that follows you and it's always fucking raining. Exactly. Yeah. So the way to change the weather is mm. to get outside mm. of yourself. Um, maybe that's not a one all food all for everyone. But the experience that I've had with people that have been through those experiences, yeah. it certainly has helped them. Yeah. Um, but well, that's what Charlotte's and War is basically about. <clears throat> Two women heavily depressed mm. and trying to... Well, Charlotte's, uh, you know, Charlotte's Requiem was about um, you know, the loss of her husband. Mm. And she just encased herself in this room for six odd months, mm. reliving the day prior to his murder. Mm. And she would relive it over and over and c- couldn't escape it. Yeah, see, I've got a term for this. Yeah. I call it a trauma loop. Mm. Stuck in a trauma loop. Yeah. Where you relive it over and over and over and get a trigger. Relive it over exactly, and over. Exactly, exactly. And yeah. then it just took her you know, loving sister, played by Sontan, who mm. would be that loving best friend support, mm. but it got so much with her. Because carers who are looking after people with heavy depression, they go through a lot as well, but they've got to be strong. They yep. can't just say, you're depressed. You've been for that for about six months. Snap out of it. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Climb out. Yeah. Climb out. Um, but it's... Yeah. it's the, the whole point of depression is not getting over it. Mm. It's moving on yep. and making that step. Getting out of the house. Yeah. Living life again. Okay. You're never going to get over whatever caused it. But it's just a matter of, you know, you know moving on. Well, I think, um, look, uh, being, being a veteran and working with veterans, mm. um, I... I I think the best way to help someone out of depression, because they're in a hole. Yeah. Depression is a hole. Um, a lot of people walk past that hole go, just get out of the hole. Mm. And if you've ever been in one, you realise that that is, that is a hard thing to do. Yeah. The best way to get someone out of a hole is to jump in with it mm. and help them out. Yeah. The problem with that is that now you're inside of their depression. So it takes a strong character to do so. Yeah. Um, and someone perhaps... That isn't tormented. I don't recommend anyone helping out someone that's depressed if they're depressed themselves. Mm. Um, and again, that's a generalisation. Perhaps, you know, I, I, I don't know the ultimate answers to these things, but I, I would say that if you've been through depression, yeah, perhaps you can be someone that jumps in that hole with somebody. Mm. But if you're currently depressed, maybe you're not in a position to help people. Yeah. So, yeah, but I, 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 I will definitely say there's something to be said for um, psychoactive drugs and the management of mental health. Mm. There's not enough research into it. Yeah. I think they need to do more well, research. We didn't they experiment with humans back in the 50s and 60s with psychedelic drugs. Yeah, totally, man. Yeah. In, yeah. in two different ways, man. <laughs> in two different ways. They did it, they did it in a, um, a therapeutic way oh. where they were, um, uh, one uh, experiment that you could look to was um, violent offenders that were in jail. Yeah. And they would put them on psychedelics and their um, uh, odds of re-offending were lower. Right, okay. Right. So you got someone that, um, you know, um, King hit someone and they're in jail for a year. Mm. Give them psychedelics and then have them feel empathy for their victim. They go, oh, I'm not going to do that again. That was really nasty. Right. Interesting. Right. Interesting thought, right? Mm. But on the other scale, they've got things like MK Ultra. Have you heard of MK Ultra? No. MK Ultra was a CIA project mm. to mind control people, and they were using psychedelics to do so. Okay. Um, they were um, putting up um, uh, brothels, and then they'll get a customer in, and the hooker would be in on it. Spike right, their drink. Interesting, yeah. And there's a mirror, mm-hmm. and there's guys behind the mirror, like taking wow. notes about how to control people. Uh, it goes to the extent of um, the assassination of um, Bobby Kennedy, um, the assassination of JFK. Um, 
No, no, but Lee Harvey Oswald. Because okay. Lee Harvey Oswald was assassinated yeah, by Jack Ruby. Jack, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jack Ruby yeah. was um, defined as being insane and psychotic. The wow. strange thing is, the same psychiatrist was the same guy that killed... Was the same psychiatrist for Bobby Kennedy. Interesting you should say that. Murderer mm. and mm. Jack Ruby. Right. Coincidence? Don't think so. No. That was MK Ultra. When Oliver Stone was announced that he was making JFK and he had the script and he did so much research... Mm. Guess who approved the script? CIA. Oh, I bet. The CIA was wanting to know what the hell you're going to expose or try and tell yeah. this story. And they just had to red mark everything. And they just and they apparently approved it. Yeah. Oh, look, Weird, but yeah. I oh, look, um, man, we're getting deep. We've gone into depression. Uh, now yeah. we're in a conspiracy. Um, but um, look, for someone that's um, been around ballistics a lot of my life, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the magic bullet theory, I don't think it holds nah. up. I just don't think it does. Um, an impossible shot by... Uh, so, who was in the grassy knoll? Oh, um, I know. I know who it was, I think. Oh, I can't say it like I know who it was. <laughs> who I theorise or Hang on, there's hypothesise. There <laughs> <laughs> was a guy called... Um, I think his name was E. Hunt. And he was arrested as a homeless vagrant that day. Right. right. And if there's a photograph of them... Yep. I, I wish I had my Google guy here. Okay, let me okay. pull up this photograph. Yep. And these three vagrants were arrested that day. And you can see a photograph of them standing, being walked to a, um, a bull wagon to be arrested. Mm-hmm. And there's E. Hunt, who is in the CIA. Right. at the front. Yep. And there's this guy who had what I would say has a posture and a face on him that is someone that has the, the satisfaction of a kill look on his face. Interesting, yeah. You know, because the, uh, killings um, to... Uh, I can Only one can surmise. I can only um, um, talk from a hunting perspective because there's two things that happen to you when you um, kill an animal, yeah. right? Um, you feel bad. Yeah, of course. Like course, any... Yeah, yeah. Um, your medulla in your brain goes, that was wrong. You know, there's mm. a part of your brain that goes wrong. Um, with, with serial killers, they don't have that. No, no. They don't have... The, their medulla is thicker and they have yeah, a... Yeah. Um, penchant for violence. Yeah. Um, most of us, if What's I said, uh, sociopaths, they have soci- no empathy. No, no empathy at all. They yeah. have no. Their medulla is different from yeah, ours. Yeah, yeah. Um, if we, like, for instance, if we it, the apocalypse happened, and we're like, right, I thought Mark, it was going to happen in 2016. Yeah, yeah. Well, it turns <laughs> out it's 20, 2020. <laughs> um, maybe a dress rehearsal. Yeah. Um, but if if we if we just for instance a comet just hit the or uh, a nuclear bomb mm, just mm, went off in mm. Sydney and we stayed inside for 14 days waited for the irradiation to clear and we got up the gumption to go and get some food right. and we killed a kangaroo yeah. and I said Mark I shot the kangaroo I need you to skin this roo. And like, oh god, that's not going to. The be part of your brain's going to go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. serious, dude. Yeah, you're, you're like, this? Boom. yeah, you can do the dirty work. Yeah. Oh man, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And and eventually you'd get attuned to doing it, right? Exactly, because it's survival. So you need to. It's survival of the fittest, and you've just got to have that. You know. But there's the other side of the hunt, hmm. the thrill of the kill. Hmm. You know that you succeeded. Yeah. I have power in this situation. Exactly. And I would say that photograph. Mm-hmm. That's the look on that man's face. Wow. Yeah. I'll show it to you after after okay. the okay. show. Cool. Cool. Um, I'll show it to you. And you go. Yeah. He just murdered someone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He just murdered someone important. Wow. Um, it can actually. Oh man, we're gonna get bogged down. I don't no, want to get bogged right. down in JFK. Let's change the subject. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, 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 I'll just no, say great. one more thing. Yep, I'll yep. just say one more thing. Um, the driver of the car clearly stopped the car, looked back, waited for it to blow off, and then drove away. Everyone was in on it. 
And I'll ask it, look, just to finish, just to finish this off, right? Out of any organization in the world, mm-hmm. whether it's the mafia, the CIA, the Cubans, the Russians, yeah, yeah, who is the most qualified to assassinate a leader and put in their own person? It's the CIA. Yeah, that's their job. Yeah, and that was their masterpiece. Theory only, just just joshing. <laughs> don't fuck me over in the in, in, in the comments. No, no, no. I don't want to talk too ill. But we'll change the subject. We'll change the subject. Um, so, um, but we're running out of time. We've only got about twenty minutes to go. Oh, that's all right. So, um, have you got what other um, uh, productions do you have in the pipeline? Okay, the uh, as we were saying before. So mm. we've got um, a script called uh, Blood Debt. Mm. which is a um, horror feature script that I've handed over to uh, James because James goes like, do we have anything <laughs> in the pipeline? I said, I have got so many scripts. Mm. To me, I'm a writer first and foremost, then producer, mm. director. To me, I started as a writer. I wrote mm. short scripts, uh, short um, stories as a kid and did a short course when I was 19 in script writing and then just went on from there. So I was basically writing, writing, writing. And the one thing I've learned as a young writer up until now, mm. never throw anything away. No. No matter how bad it could be mm. or whatever. It's, great, um, le- it's a yeah, great bit of advice. Great bit of advice. And the way, in the classic example of a successful, mm-hmm. uh, yep, as a, as a successful uh, writer who was told not to throw anything away was Stephen King. Okay. So he's he was at pretty much at, you know, the point of his life where he was just like you know he was teaching english and he was just writing 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 and and he was getting reject after reject after reject. he's an insane person no and he's yeah so and his wife um he was sitting in the bathtub this is the story he tells so he's sitting in the bathtub and he was smoking cigarettes and listening to the um uh to the uh baseball on the radio and his wife comes down to him and mm-hmm. hands him this manuscript and says you should go on with this there was a, it was a script that he, um, manuscript that he threw in the bin, and it was Kerry. Oh, wow. That's a massive movie. That was a massive book. Massive book, and, and from then on, you know, you know, the rest is history. So if he chucked Kerry away, he wouldn't be the successful writer they use now. Mm. And he's constantly writing all the time and publishing everything. So I've learned my lesson from that story, never throw anything away. So I've just resurrecting a lot of scripts mm. and reworking them. And that's the best thing you can do, especially when you run out of ideas or... You know, if, if, you're, if you're stuck with... Yeah, if, if, the, to, if the lake is run dry. Yeah, if, yeah, so just pick up some old scripts and go, oh, that was fantastic. Rework it. Was crap, or you just rework it. So, yeah, so we've got a feature uh, script at the moment that we're working on and another short script that we're working on as well while he's finishing off AK2. What about as a writer? So as yep. a writer, right? Um, writer, right. Writer, right. Um, so as a writer... Yeah. Um, are you someone that sits at the blinking cursor or are you a mapper? Do you map it out or do you just go hell for leather out of a keyboard? Or do you do the notes? The other guys I know that do that. It depends depends on what you're writing about. So if you're going to write something historical or something that needs a lot of research, you need to map it out. Mm. So I can't really sit down and go, I'm going to write about World War II. Go. Mm. Without it, you know, sounding inaccurate or accurate. So, Mm. um, I've come up with great scripts just by looking at the blinking cursor. Wow. I would just come up with an that idea. That scares me. Yeah, it that does. It scares me. It, 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 it's scary, but it's fun as well. Because it's like... Because... Scott, yeah. yeah it, it, just jumping. Come up with an idea. Saying, okay, well, I'm going to do a horror story. Uh, man walks into a house. It's dark. It's creepy. There's cobwebs. 
that's your start of the scene mm. and go from it go from there okay and snowball I was, I, I, when I was young I was used to be good at snowballing little ideas yeah. and turning them into a big one sometimes I'd overdo it where it would be crap mm. but the way yeah the way I'd write I'd just sit down I, you do need an idea of course you can't mm. just sit down and go okay what am I going to write about because hours will go by so yeah. blinking cursor yeah exactly blinking away <laughs> torturing you blinking yep I, I, I think um, I don't know I've, I've as a songwriter do you, could you go through the same thing as well Songwriting's a bit different. Mm. Um, like do you I go? Mu- I, do you, sorry, do you go music first or lyrics? Music's first. Yeah, music's always first. Ninety nine point nine nine percent of the time. Yeah. Sometimes I'll go um, to a guitarist and go, "Hey man, I I, I got this story, and mm. I need you to turn it into music, and then make the lyrics match." Um, the most process that goes into writing for lyrics for a song is about a guitarist putting down a guitar line. Mm. And then you populating your tones, yeah. not necessarily words yet, just mm. just sounds. Yep. So a way I do it, um, especially doing guttural vocals, I'll I'll just put the sounds in first, and then I'll take the sounds away and go, what's this actually about? How do I feel mm. about it? Mm. Um, we brought it up before. I, I was doing. Um, we we're talking about MK Ultra. Yep. Just because ri- we're doing our album at the moment, mm. so I've just written a song about MK Ultra. That's why it's on my mind, you know. Yep. Jack Ruby, you know, <laughs> Juan Romario. Yeah. Um, and I've written a song about it mm. uh, to express the anger that's behind that and the frustration. So there's always a motivation. Mm. So that's where that actor sort of director part comes in. But I, I, I'm writing lyrics. This the music comes first and then the sounds of lyrics and then those sounds of lyrics turn into lyrics yep. that's generally the process yeah i love getting a song that's already complete mm. and then mm. populating it um another way that it happens is um we'll be jamming it live and we just hit magic yeah. and we write it on the spot do you keep it simple do you keep the lyrics simple uh yes and no uh, some some bands i've made it really complex because of my inspirations um for instance maynard um yeah when i was in a band uh, called leaving metropolis i would do what you call transitions so you go from a screaming voice to a spoken sung voice and then back into an angry guy and then do into a soft guy yeah. angry guy yeah, and a yeah, soft yeah, guy yeah. you'd transition between those two points yeah. i've been in other bands that are full screamo mm. just full screamo mm. no no understandable audible words at all yeah uh just full 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 metal um the band that i'm in at the moment oh, oh sorry on the previous band that i'm in at the moment was more of a political band so it was a mix of trying to have a political message yeah, yeah. and it was all about conspiracies it yeah. was a cons- like we even um coined it our conspiracy metal Okay. Um, we were doing our own own thing, and we're getting a lot of traction with it. Um, but now that's sort of evolved out of that, and now we're in this space where we're just having fun. Mm. And every song is a story. Yep. There's always a story behind it. The start, the thing that's really starting to evolve in our band at the moment is I'll go to the guitarists and I'll go, "Man, I've got this. I need you to write a guitar riff that says that we've made it. Mm. I need you to write a guitar riff that says." I need to punch someone in the guts, yeah, and then start screaming at them, mm-hmm. and they'll they'll do it, and then or or they'll go vice versa. They'll go, I've written this riff, man, and I need you to be a little bit soft here, but then get real fucking angry there. Yeah, yeah. So there's a bit of a to and fro between, because um, music is a language. Yeah, it's a language that um, that's where that's where jamming works. Like. I recommend to anyone that wants to be in a band, right? Because mm. like, I've worked with guitarists that are fucking talented, but you put them in a room with a drummer, they can't jam. 
Right. You've got to be able to jam. Yeah. You know, yeah. like um, and the, the best way to test out a musician mm. is to do an open chord. Right. To start with, doom. especially drummers, because they know they they've got good timing. They have to have good timing. Yeah. Yeah. And they will integrate. Yeah. So what's more important, that bass or the drum? Oh, that's a that's a six and uh, one and a half dozen in the other yeah. question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's no more that that is important, but I would say from a constructive point of view, mm. um, the lead guitar is called a lead guitar for a reason. Yeah. The guitarist generally is the leading force in the writing drive of a band mm-hmm. um the last thing that gets laid on is lyrics yeah. it's the last thing they get yeah. painted on um the guitars will happen and then the drums will happen then the bass and drums will happen and then integrate with the guitars drums and bass and the last thing you lay on is the lyrics right okay. um and then and, and that's the best way to write mm. But I get inspired by the band. This is where it gets addictive. Mm. Like, like, there's two things about that that is addictive being in a band. One is performing. Performing yeah. is the fucking bomb. It is, yeah. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. It, I just can't explain it to anyone. Um, whether you're in front of 60 people, 6 people, 600 yeah. people. It's, it's the, the same, same with, fucking thing. It's the same with live theatre. Because when I was younger, I used to perform in live theatre. Mm. And hours before you go on stage, you're shitting yourself. Totally. Because you're just thinking of, okay, where's my character going to move? You've got to think of your line. What if I fuck up? And you're over. What if I bomb? <laughs> Once you're overthinking it, and it's like, I've got to go to the toilet several times. Yeah. <laughs> but as soon as you get on the stage, boom, everything goes away. And it's like magic. Yeah. It's just you, the th- lights, and the audience. And yeah, it's powerful. Well, it's, kind of, it's kind of being in the zone, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're, you're yeah. in the zone. like, And you get one take. Yeah, that's it. One take. Like, you've got yeah. an audience in front of you, and mm. um, that's it. Like, um, there's nothing worse than dropping a song or bombing, man. There's nothing worse than yeah, that feeling. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, there's nothing like the feeling of success on a stage. Mm. Um, that feeling, I wish that everyone could experience that to know what it feels like. Mm, mm. Um, it is, it is. Like, oh, look, I've never shot heroin, but imagine it's awesome. Um, but, <laughs> Ask Nikki Six. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, yeah. performing on stage, I cannot. I cannot think of things that are that, that mm. compare. Mm. Uh, I, I suppose um, directing is a comparison. Yeah, yeah. we got the energy in the room. The direct, yeah, for me, directing is it's pretty much like going on stage the first time. You're basically you're overthinking things. Yeah, you're, you're shooting yourself. You're thinking, okay, well, everyone's looking on at you. Yeah, you got to make the decisions right there. I've got to make this leather jacket count. Yeah. <laughs> People are going to ask you questions that you have not prepared for, <laughs> and Left you have orders, to answer. Yeah. Straight away. I remember when we're doing Charlotte. That's the key to leadership, though. It is. You've got to have an answer. Right or wrong. It is. Got to have an answer. um, There were a few times in Charlotte where I had to do it, and it worked. I gave Love my, shooting from the hip. My, I gave my DOP. She goes, oh, do you have a shot list? And because she, she was very, uh, she, would, she would just do it on the day. She would, she would keep the shots minimal mm. and still convey the message across still have the beauty of the image that you're you know wanting in the story you wanted to tell mm. so i said look I've, I've got some shot lists for you 20 pages of shot lists for a 15 short film <laughs> so the first scene was about 20 shots and i'm like what the hell am i doing That's and i gave it to a bit her overkill yeah, freaking overkill big time <laughs> and I'll, i've still got it at home and i look at it and i laugh and i go you're a dickhead <laughs> So I gave it to Lucky Me, yeah. Um, shout out to Lucky Me, she's listening. Um, and she goes, yes, I read your original shot list. So we're just going to keep it minimal. 
you know, yeah, we're gonna, I'm, I'm going to consolidate yeah, that. Exactly, it's a nice way to put exactly. it. I'm going to consolidate that. Exactly. So yeah. you do your traditional <laughs> wide, mid, close-up, you know, close-up reversal and that stuff like that. Yeah, so SRS, we'll, SRS, wide. Yeah, exactly. And uh, interstitials. But that's the, mo- it. the most important thing is you've got to get along with your DOP. You've got to make sure that they understand your vision and convey it across because you can explain what you want. It's a love affair. It is, yeah. Totally a love affair. I've worked with her twice now. Um, And, uh, yeah, so basically you've got to tell your vision and Mm. she'll be like, yep, I understand it. However, you're going to get the same thing if we do it this way. Mm. Okay? Try not to overcomplicate things, especially what message you're trying to convey and what you're trying to say. Mm. And it's it's, it's really important because sometimes you get, you know, DOPs that will be dictative especially if you're a first-time director yeah i was bringing right. i was bringing this up before yeah, like there's yeah. different types of directors and dictators mm, mm. oh sorry dops yeah Freudian <laughs> slip i know you know who you are i love all of you i've come across many so you're either the dictator yeah. um the submissive mm-hmm. um the uh consultive artist what yeah. do you reckon yeah you know, that's yeah. The, you know that's yeah. the, the i'm more of the consultive i'm the I'm collaborative the, i'm extremely laid back i'm extremely laid back yeah, as well yeah however if the lighting or sound or whatever, they're just mucking around in there and it's like, dude, we've got to get this done in a certain time. Then, yeah. And yeah. that's what a good... Um, Money's running, day, man. Money's that's, running. That's a good Money's first running. Day, to do. Yeah, that's a good thing the first day... Um, sorry, that's the best thing a first AD can do is, mm. like, push you. And, yeah. I call them drill sergeants. They are. They're a drill yeah. sergeant. That's their yeah. job. I, I, mm. I, um, because the director will always be the good guy. The directors, yeah. general in my world, like I know there's some directors out there that are very dictatorial. Mm. Uh, is that even a word? Dictatorial? Dictate? No, they run. Dicta- just created. It I've created like. it. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> um, but um, some people are like, no, this is the, th- these are the words. Um, this is what needs to be said, and this is the vision. This is how it happens. Yeah, like, yeah. my way or the highway. Mm. Um, I'm more of like, all right. So this is my vision. How do you think all of us can achieve that? Yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah. So I bring it into collaborative space. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I think. ADs, they're because ju- we're, we're the good cop. We're the good yeah. cops. They're the ones with a stopwatch. They're the ones. They're the ones <laughs> who got a list and going, "Hey, on set now." And we're like, "Hey, but I'm just smoking a joint with this guy." I'm like, no, <laughs> fuck you, man. <laughs> we've got work to do. Or our, my, my DAP or our DAP, we should say, Erin Alexander. Hello. Um, yeah, she's amazing, and she's local too. Every everybody who I've worked with are local. They're all from mm. around Western Sydney. Mm. Great community. Then you guys have got to start making seven-minute films. Well, that's what we're going to plan doing now. I haven't. We like James and I. We're constantly are messaging each other, you know, mm. um, and we're just saying, you know, you guys are making some killer content, man. You guys are fucking murdering. Yeah, but and the prob- why? Why the aren't you the festival? Well, the problem is our, our content's too long. <laughs> Shorten so that shit up. We will. Man. We will. Because yeah. you guys are like are making some fucking pristine shit. We get along like a house on fire because when we first met, um, we first met while he was in the middle of doing AKCs. Mm. Atomic Kingdom kids. Uh, yep. <laughs> and he, uh, yeah, we were just chatting and he told me the brief synopsis of what the story was about. And I'm like, fuck, that's cool. Can I get involved? Yeah. Like, I'm, I was speaking to one of his friends mm. um, about Blood Deck because Blood Deck's been on the works for quite some time. Mm. And uh, yeah, so basically we just got along with House on Fire and, and I helped him out with uh, crew and casting with uh, AK and then rest is history. I was pushing at him consistently to work with him for years, mm. and here we are. Man, so you guys are doing a good job. We do, we do have some pipeline uh, works in the pipeline, mm. but COVID has fucked things up. 
Yeah, it's one of those. We, we, we are actually pre- going to premiere AK2 this year. Yeah, I know. And yeah, I was talking, to James, I was talking I, to James last year. Yeah, I think the. the and I asked him the question. I asked him the obvious question what's coming up in the pipeline? He goes, Yeah, yeah man, 2020 yeah, is going to be fucking yeah, bomb, yeah. man. I'm like, Yeah, man, I've got some productions coming yeah, up. Everything's great. Man, if you, and I talked to him off air. I'm like, Man, if you want to show your shit at a cinema, mm. I'll split the fucking costs with you and you show yeah. your shit and I'll show yeah, my shit, yeah. you know? Which is always a good deal to do with mm. other filmmakers. But uh, yeah, we got totally dick punched by COVID. But with that said, I like to look at the the. the there is a positive side to it. You got to look because at the I, silver lining. Yeah, I said to you him, have I said, to. "Okay, the best thing about it, let's write off 2020. Everyone mm. has written off 2020." And I said, "Take this time to perfect every single mm. episode. If we need to go back into ADR, or whatever, fucking do it. All right, mm. plan ahead and just don't rush things because that's the last thing you want to do." Yeah. Well, so, I, well yeah. to, put, to put an analogy on it, I had this friend. Do you remember the game Commodore? Uh, no, not Commodore 64. I know Commodore um, 64. <laughs> I know Commodore 64 as well, yeah. unfortunately, showing our age. Um, but uh, you know the uh, Nintendo 64. Mm-hmm. And this game, GoldenEye. Yeah. Remember the game GoldenEye? Yeah. James Bond. James Bond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So I had this mate, like, because um, we were in high school smoking bongs, right? Mm-hmm. And he would, um, he would duck behind a crate while he's being shot at. Yeah. And right. <laughs> and then pick up his controller and start again. I was more of the kind of guy that paused. Yeah. And <laughs> then do it. And then do it, right? But he's like, no, I'm not pausing. I need them shooting at me. Well, I'm like <laughs> Right, okay. Like you are you are a fucking trailblazer. You are oh, a no. fucking genius. Uh, but I just feel at the moment that we're on pause. Mm, um everything's are, on pause, are. right? Yeah. And I, I just can't wait for, um, you know, the vaccine slash herd immunity, whatever the case may be. Because there's even conspiracy theorists out there about the vaccine. Oh, fuck. They're, they're really going to be everywhere. Oh, they're everywhere. You can't escape them. And they, and they... We've even dived into it in the show, man. Like, we well, ended up at, we ended on this weird fucking uh, know, a tangent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what do they call the can- Cancel council? Or what do they can- Yeah, yeah. Cancel culture. Cancel culture, yeah. But... They're, they're like, yep, no, I'm offended by that. I'm offended by that. Yeah. They're the millennials. Us, we're like, we grew up with that shit. Remember um, Kings yeah, of the Country? Yeah, totally. They yeah. could not air right now. Yeah, Even no. friends wouldn't get away with no, it, right? exactly, yeah. But I think this, the more things change, the more they stay the same. If you think mm, about mm. our predecessors, mm. they would look at us as soft, mm. right? But if you look at what we've been through, they're soft. They can yeah. try dealing with social media in the world in the 1940s. Mm. Fuck off. No. That ain't going to fucking happen. No. <laughs> exactly. and, then, and then we look at them with the same eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you just get the fuck over it? Right? Because that's, that's, that's what we're looking at, mate. Yeah, yeah. And that's most of our people of our generation, Generation X and the later um, uh, the later um, Y generation, is looking at the Z generation mm-hmm. going, get the mm-hmm. fuck over mm-hmm. it. There is an awesome... But I think there's I yeah, think there's water yeah. in it though. You know, there if, you, is, if you see what I'm saying, there there's, there's, there's there's gravity to it, and we don't understand it yet. That's the problem. We yeah. don't we don't we fear what we don't understand. Exactly, and people are just relying on social media. They've got to take the blinkers off and got to look at the outside world. Mm. There's a great part scene in years ago, The Simpsons. Mm. Remember how everyone was on the video games and watching TV. All of a sudden, the power's out. And everyone just walked outside and they opened their eyes and like, oh, oh. There's, there's a world outside. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So what inspired me to do short films, do you remember, it's showing my age, every Saturday before, yes, please, mm-hmm. every Saturday before I would watch Rage at night. Rage, Rage, Rage. I love it. Rah, 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 the thing I love about Rage, they rage. have not changed uh, their format or their, oh. their graphics. I've got some stats on that. Or their, <laughs> yeah. 
It's the longest running opener yeah. in the world. Yeah. By decades. Yeah, and, and they're still using. Is it Iggy Pop's uh, song they're still using? Yeah, yeah, it's the same yeah. thing. Um, when I was a, um, a child to a teenager to a man in his young 20s to mm. a man in his young 30s approaching 40, it is still the same. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. I, my brothers and I would stay up and would uh, tape all like the top 40. This was back in 1987, 88. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyway, so we're back to what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> Where the fuck are we going, Mark? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> What's this beer doing to us? Um, <laughs> do you remember the SBS short film series called Eat My Shorts or Eat Shorts? Eat Shorts. Do you remember yeah, that? I do remember yeah. that, yeah. And they've now canned it. But I used to watch that. Like, they'd show short films from across the world. Mm. And they were fantastic, you know? And it sort of inspired me. Like, oh, short films. Oh, wow. All these short... All these stories. We were doing this on TVS because I yeah. used to... Um, um, and, then, and they've got Schlocky Horror Show. The Schlocky um, Horror Picture Show. Is that on Aurora? On SP- it's on uh, Aurora now, Foxtel, but it used yeah. to be on um, TVS. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I used to uh, be the station supervisor at TVS. Yes, uh, yes. For four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four years I was... Um, uh, absolute pleasure. Absolute mm. pleasure to do that job. I've never had that experience, unfortunately. Um, well, this is where I met uh, James, actually. Oh, okay. Because uh, yeah. I gave him some spaces to work in studios mm. um, at, at TVS. Yep, yep. And um, we would have All Sorts, which was a short film television show. Mm. Mm. And this is actually... What you're talking about yeah. is actually what inspired the creation of Made in the West. Right, okay. So, it's a community-based idea. It's the same mm. as the podcast, man. It's mm. a community-based mm. idea. Mm. It's not about, um, you know, uh, trying to get this dollar here and there. It's about putting word out yeah. about local artists. Mm. And that's what Television Sydney was about. It was about putting people out there to show different content, mm. opposing mm. content. Mm. And that's the thing that really bummed me out about it. Um, since then, you know, I've made a bucket load of money doing other things and it's been great. Yeah. yeah. But fuck me, man. I miss that station yeah, yeah. and I miss what it has. And Aurora's out there. Um, and that's the, that is the last foothold. Mm, Aurora yeah. is the last foothold. And who's, I must stress that. Who's funding it? Foxtel. Foxtel's funding it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It comes from Foxtel. Right. Okay. And they are the last foothold of community TV because you've got Channel 31 in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. They're still operating. Mm-hmm. And I was saying this to James on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was on about a year ago. Yeah. 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 Yep. And I was saying it, uh, I was saying to him, he goes, oh man, we've got to play in Sydney. It was really great. And I'm like, no man, I'll put you on nationally. It's like, what? He's like, what? <laughs> I actually, oh yeah, I've, I've watched that episode recently. He's and like, he was like, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me, Where's man? my royalties? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, no, but what do you mean? I'm like, you've played in Melbourne. You've played in Brisbane. You've played That's in Adelaide. Great. You've that played in fantastic. Perth. Yeah. You've played in Darwin. Yeah. You've played everywhere, dude. And he's like, get the fuck out of here. I'm like, man, what do you think we're fucking doing? <laughs> You're showing content to people. Yeah. yeah which we're is dis- the whole point. We're distributing mm. content. Mm. Mm. And he go, and, and, and he's like, yeah, but I, did, I didn't know that we're doing that. I said, did you sign a, a, a content agreement? He goes, yeah. I said, probably should have read it. <laughs> Read the fine line. Read the fine print, man. Yeah. Um, we always trade content. That's how we work. That's how the, mm, that's how mm. the world works, man. Yeah, that's right. Like, um, some people will say that um, money makes the world go around. I fucking disagree with that. Generosity is it what does. makes the world it go does. around. Yeah, money comes and goes. You just... 
and it's generosity and the people you meet they're the ones that stick with you for the rest of your life that's what's inherent exactly that's what's inherent yeah so i'm like yeah i'm really i was really glad to play the socks off that dude and go Mm. hey man you've Mm. played nationally man just letting you know he goes fucking no idea (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome Uh, oh man we're really close to the end i've only got like uh, five minutes left on this clip so um but we we, did you want me to tell you my uh who's okay all right. You've got two minutes. Two minutes? Okay. I want to talk about celebrities. Celebrities who you've met, who you've actually went fangirl over. Oh, fuck. Um, who there's been both? a few. There's yeah. been a few. Yeah. yeah. Um, let me go to the horror side of it. Okay. Okay. Cool. The horror okay. side. I got to, um, when I was in East Timor um, as a 20-year-old soldier, Yeah. I got to meet Tim Freeman, <gasps> which is, he, okay. you know, a uh, very well-known musician. Yep, yep, yep. And Doug Anthony also does. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. No, no. Sorry, no that's not Tim Freeman. That's um. No, no. You're the no. wrong Tim. Yeah, no, no. The guy. No, blow from up the um, Pokies. Yeah, yeah. From Whitlam's. 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 Sorry, that's that it. Was the Whitlam's. <laughs> so I got to meet Tim Freeman, and I got to um uh, sort of chauffeur him around mm, East Timor mm. with a with a crew of protection. Crew. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he didn't want to put on the body armor because he goes, it smelled bad. And But he was really cool because he ended up getting us some beer and it was really hard for us to get right. beer. And we got some beer and we had some laughs. And then fast forward 15 years later. Yeah. I'm doing a, um, an interview series called Sydney Shorts. Mm. And I got to inv- interview him again. Wow. Um, Did he remember you? No, 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 he didn't remember me. Oh, I was okay. just the cameraman. Oh, that's right. Yep, 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 yep. Straight, the other thing was I was his um, uh, assistant, if you will, mm-hmm. in East Timor. And then fast forward 15 years later, I was a cameraman at an interview that he was at. Mm. And he's just a horrific person. <laughs> so, sorry, Tim. I'm sure you're a great guy. I'm but drone. Yeah. My, my instincts of you are, are different. But I, I think um, out of fangirling, if I was a fangirl, I would say... Um, Peter Garrett, actually. Peter Garrett did a bit of fangirl over. My brother is a picture framer, and he picture framed one of his uh, Platinum Records, because he's from Barrel. Mm. And my brother has his uh, picture frame in Metagong, and he went over and it's like, oh, okay. Oh, you're really tall he's dude. Freaking huge. Fucking really but tall he's dude. he's a beautiful, beautiful guy. He's a so lovely humble. person. Absolutely humble. So yeah. humble and a lovely um, human being. I just, um, yeah, yeah. I fangirled over him a little bit. Um, but who, who have you fangirled over? Mike Patton. Mike Patton, holy right. fuck! You so, got to meet fucking Mike I Patton. Did. I've met him twice. So, I was twenty-one years old. I fucking love <laughs> Mike Patton, man. Twenty-one. What band has this man not been in? Oh no, this was Phantomus. <laughs> All right, so okay. he came, yeah, right. So, I was there with my best mate who, um, and we were at, uh, we were sitting at um, Cheers, mm. Cheers Pub, across the road from where Utopia used to be. Mm. So there was Utopia there, um, and so uh, it was Phantomus, and we were there lining up, and it was a big line. Mm. And then, um, yeah, well, I was getting all nervous. I had Metro there, and I had uh, Buzz, he signed it, and I had Trevor sign it, and then it was Mike Patton's turn. So there was Mike Patton, and I was like, oh, my God, mate, uh, you, you have no idea how fucking awesome you are. I love you and Faith. Uh, Another vocalist has changed my life. I know. I love you and Faith no more. I love you, Mr. Bungle. You are fantastic. He's like... Mr. Bungle, no, 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 um, yeah. uh, Tomahawk. Tomahawk. I've seen him. I've seen everything that he's done that when he comes over here. Damn. So I'm there going fangirling, fangirling, embarrassing the hell out of me. And you've got um, uh, who was the drummer? Sorry, the, uh, Dave Lombardo. Yeah, Dave, yeah, you got Dave Lombardo, who, who was just giggling his head off. <laughs> it was funny. Mm. So I was like, "Yep, no worries, awesome." And I just walked out and I was like, oh, "Fucking Mike Patton!" I oh, know, Mike Fucking Patton. Hell. But I just went over the top. I was like. 
Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm a little bit envious of that. I'm anyway, a little bit envious. Yeah. But, man, I need to wrap it up really yeah, no worries, quickly. No worries, awesome. So, to check you out as an actor, director, so uh, you can producer. Go, yeah, go on uh, my... My time. Hmm? <laughs> Writer, yes. yes. Uh, yeah, you, can, you can message me on Facebook. You can look at Penigba Pictures on Facebook as well. Uh, and, James Pinata. So, everything's all on Facebook. So, yeah. yeah. Now, check it out, Autonomy Kingdom. Uh, check out uh, Mark Zimmerman yep. on IMDb. Yes, yes. And, uh, and yeah. yeah, so new content will be coming out next year, hopefully, and we'll be working on new content. So, if anyone's interested in helping us out and joining us. Yeah. Yeah. Join the ranks, man. We exactly. all we need all the help we can get. Yeah. And uh, So all you young talented filmmakers out there who yeah, just yeah, we're here to support you and help you. And that's the most most important thing that we're a community that we just support each other. Well that's what it's all about, right? Yeah. It's about community. Yeah. It's about Leave all the egotism and all the crap out. Just Let's make great content and love doing what we do. I just want to make pretty pictures, man. That's it. That's, That's all, all I, I want to do. do. Pretty awesome. pictures and great conversations. And speaking of which, thank you so much for being thank on the show tonight. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. It's been a great night. Um, and you can check out the Pagey Train on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find podcasts. And, of course, don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. All of that helps, guys. And if you really like the show, don't forget to hit the notifications bell right here. And once again, I'd just like to thank my guest, Mark Zimmerman, for being on the show. Thank Thank you very much. Been awesome. <laughs> Fucking A, and I'll see you guys <laughs> next time. Awesome. <laughs> That's it, man. That's We're all it. done. Fantastic. Yeah, man. Awesome. <laughs> it. Like I said, I could just go on and on. Yeah, sure. man. Once I upgrade, it'll be all fucking cool. I can do like four four hour podcasts, man. Oh, is it, can they only let you do so much?